0: And now, the First and Gold Podcast with Jason Gold. Welcome to the First and Gold Podcast. My name is Jason Gold.
1: I am joined in person this time by Brian Kalbroski. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. It's good to see the whole office setup you got going on here and excited to have the audio quality improve without... Uh, The audio from the computer.
0: All right, so this is week six. This is going to be our Pac 12 preview for the week. Uh, We are not going to talk about USC Washington because that game is going to be going on while we record this podcast. I'll give a quick prediction. Uh, I have USC winning, as I assume you do too. Uh, I'm going to say that it's a little bit closer. Maybe Washington scores a garbage
1: touchdown at the end. Hey, USC is going to win by, we'll call it exactly 17. Why not? <laughs> that number sounds suspicious. Um, <laughs> I think that USC's got a lot more chance here to uh, show the nation. If anyone's watching on this Thursday night during playoff baseball, if it ever happens, um, that they actually can be a powerhouse, especially on offense. I know they only have one loss so far, but if they went out and beat Utah, that could be a clear path to the playoffs, especially if they win the, um, the Pac-12 championship. So I think that USC... Uh, unless Coach P has something crazy up his sleeves, Which be, I'm sure
0: that he does I'm yeah. sure there will be every every trick in the book in this game
1: But Sarkeesian's got a lot to prove here I think uh, a blowout victory is certainly possible mm-hmm. Especially going against this freshman quarterback on the road And, uh, and a huge stadium here uh, Pretty easy to get rattled with the pressure I think it's going to be
0: tough for him I think is, Browning's going to have a tough, tough time tonight I absolutely agree with that But I, I think that uh, Peterson's definitely going to have everything that you could think up his sleeve everything He's going to throw it This is a kitchen sink game for sure for, uh, for Washington.
1: Although uh, people, I don't know, necessarily realize that Jake Browning's dad has been almost on par uh, with his freshman counterpart, uh, Josh Rosen, down south. So
0: He's played very well. He, he didn't play great against Cal, but the two games before that he played well. And his first game against Boise State was a bit of a
1: clunker, but first game yeah. at Boise's, so, I mean. Not, not, not easy, and he's putting up points, so, um, so. I think that USC takes this one.
0: Yeah, so do I. So, we'll move on to the big game of the weekend. The only one that anyone in the Pac-12 really cares about this week, which is Utah-Cal, which... Utah's favored by 7.5 points right now. Utah, obviously, has looked like a better team. Cal is 5-0, and but they have had two really, really close games against Texas and Washington State. Not saying much. Games that maybe shouldn't have been close. Yeah. Uh, they do have the best quarterback in the nation. Uh, they do lead Coming from his man crush. Yo. Absolute man crush, no doubt I think he's the best quarterback in the nation Uh, Cal ranked 6th nationally in sacks Number 1 in forced turnovers Number 8 in turnover margin So their defense is playing a lot better than last year Um, But Utah is Utah I mean they put up 62 on Oregon Although 62 might be a little fake But it's still 62 Uh, It's going to be a tough game um, what are your th- initial thoughts on the game?
1: Well, one thing that uh, Utah is really good at is uh, scoring efficiency. Pretty much it feels like every time they have the ball, they're crossing the plane in some way. Uh, so that's something that you really want to have in your football team is a team that's not going to give up the ball and they're going to keep scoring, and Utah certainly has proven that. Senior quarterback, senior running back, experienced head coach, uh, one of the most underrated offensive lines in football, mm-hmm. incredible front seven, um, I think that clearly they have tricks up their sleeves, too, that people may not realize. This is uh, you know, a national broadcast that might not be the most favorable time. We'll get to this in a second. So I think uh, this is one of those games where people, now that, now that the word's out about Utah, they can't come out and lose this game. So I think this is going to be a, a must-win game for Utah if they want to really prove anything on the season.
0: There were two things that came out today that I saw uh, about Utah playing in Salt Lake that I thought were interesting. My thought going into it, I guess two weeks ago, was that Utah's like the third toughest place to play in the Pac-12. I didn't realize that last year they only went one and three against he, Pac-12 opponents It feels in Utah. tough,
1: maybe. I think. It
0: feels tough. I think it's because the altitude gets everybody screwed up. Oregon's
1: game wasn't easy last year. Lost a yeah.
0: injury. Sonny Dykes uh, said that his team is not going to have oxygen tanks on the sideline at altitude at night, which I thought was... He was like totally downplaying the altitude thing That was baffling to me I don't understand how he's going to get away with that But okay, we'll move past that part um, The thing about the 7pm thing This is what I wanted to make earlier So it's a game day game So it's ESPN, it's fine I understand that Cal and Utah are not national brands I understand that why you would want to put them at 7pm And try to draw an audience to that If you're the Pac-12 There is no way that you should let that happen This is a a 5 o'clock. Any sort of national game, you have to have it. 2 p.m. or 5 p.m. You have to get the people in the East at least to watch your two undefeated teams. Having it at 7 p.m., no one east of Utah is going to watch this game. I don't know who it falls on. I'm sure this is ESPN who's scheduling it like this. But if you're Larry Scott, you have to buck up on this. People in L.A. or actually all the West Coast, all the nation, can't watch... Pac-12 Network, if you have direct TV. Well, you
1: can in China. Exactly. That's what China. I was going to make the point.
0: Now you can in China. So that's like a baffling decision on the network-wise. And then you're going to let ESPN broadcast your nationally televised game at 7 p.m. Uh, it absolutely baffles me. It's so bad for the conference. It's just a bad look in general.
1: And the one thing that I think needs a little bit more emphasis, too, is just how it affects the voters. Uh, because here in Utah... Uh, is a team that maybe has been slept on even uh, in the voting spectrum here because after two convincing wins over a great Michigan team apparently and uh, you know maybe not so great of an Oregon team but still a powerhouse, a team that won the national championship last year, they only went to number 10. Uh, so there's definitely a chance here that... And then
0: the bye week, they go to number five and get seven first-place votes. That's
1: just the nature of college football, I feel like. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if maybe there's a chance that one day we just have it so we don't even get rankings until towards the end of the season.
0: It would be great. Well, I don't know if it would be great in, in terms of ratings and in terms of people knowing how to rank teams. And even if the AP doesn't have it or the college football playoff doesn't have a ranking, people are going to have rankings on ESPN and Fox Sports and wherever, and Bleacher Report whatever. Um So I don't know if that really matters, but I would love to see it where no one makes a ranking until the college football playoff comes out with their first one. Right. Um, I think that would be interesting. And
1: I think that way, you know, people don't have to worry about, oh, well, Utah was slept on in this game because people were literally sleeping or out partying on Saturday night on the East Coast. I mean, kickoffs at 10 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm not sure those New York voters are going to be able to catch a moment of that game if they're really... uh, if they're really watching football all day, otherwise well, starting in the it, morning, the
0: Oregon game last week that started at eight fifteen or whatever—that was tough on the West Coast. Not, yeah, exactly. So it's not like anyone's up watching Oregon, Colorado, but it was really tough for us, and we were working the game to stay up till eleven thirty and watch that. Just
1: being in that focus mode, that work
0: mode. Yeah. So, uh, so it's definitely got to be tough for the voters to catch up with everything for the it, players. Absolutely, for the players to start at seven p.m. It's not great. Um, there are a couple other things I wanted to touch on with, the, with Utah. Utah has five non-offensive touchdowns this year. They have two more offensive touchdowns where they got the ball inside the opponent's 25-yard line. So that's seven touchdowns in four games or five games that they've played that are basically just handy touchdowns. So as well as we think that their offense has played with Wilson and Booker and their wide receivers... It might not be as good as we think it is,
1: and the other thing too is Wilson has only played three games. We did see his backup against Fresno State, so the sample size of his high quarterback rating, yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's on these sudden watch lists out of nowhere. But at yeah. the same time, three games. Uh, you know, there are quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that have played five games already, so uh, that's over. That's over a much larger sample size. So we might have a better idea of them as a quarterback, like a like a Hogan type, than we would of Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I think
0: the most important matchup for me Is Utah's run game Versus Cal Cal's going to force turnovers Likely And they've done a lot through the air forcing fumbles If Utah can establish a run game with Booker And just control everything Keep the ball away from Goff I think they're going to be in a really good position to win However, Cal gets a few early turnovers Which is their key They have to get a lead in this game If they're trying to chase Utah It's not going to happen
1: I think that Devontae Booker is a playmaker, and I think that uh, the more opportunities he gets to put his name out there, the more he's going to want to. He had that great uh, fake play where he threw the ball against Mm -hmm. Oregon for a touchdown, and it was a perfect throw. Um, I think that there's going to be more opportunities like that for Booker to shine on a more national level, so I think that we can expect that in the Cal game with this uh, national broadcast.
0: I actually think that Booker actually reminds me a lot of Arian Foster. Not not just because the Texans game is on right now, but I... I, (laughs) I do think coming out of the backfield, he just looks very similar. Downhill runner, uh, maybe a little bit overlooked, certainly. Foster was overlooked coming out of college. Uh, I think he's going to be a good pro, honestly. Second, third round, I would totally take him catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, how about a prediction for this game?
1: I think that uh, Utah wins this one by uh, about 13. Okay. That would be about where I'd So I you, I got a, you got the 7.5 cover. I think so. I cannot go there. You could not because, because I have Well you haven't bet against Cal yet.
0: I haven't bet against Cal yet, which has been okay this year. Uh, but I have such a man crush on Goff, I cannot imagine it getting that that deep or that, that big of a spread. Uh, and I actually like I like the experience of Cal. I like that their defense is forcing a bunch of turnovers. We've talked about this before. When you have a high octane offense, that's all you have to do. You don't have to play great defense. Don't give up points. Four field goals, force turnovers. Which, well,
1: the last time that Utah stepped on a football field, they put up 62 points. This is true. Defending Pac 12 champion and Rose Bowl champion, Oregon Ducks.
0: That's true. So the, the Cal's going to have to do something about that. Uh, I have Utah winning the game, but I have it 30, 31-28. I think it's going to be really, really a close game. I think Utah pulls away at the end, and I think that that running game at the end is just going to wear down Cal's defense. Um, but I'm not going to put anything past off. I will say this if he wins this game, number one on the Heisman list. You can take out Leonard Fournette for an a week.
1: That's one of those uh, Heisman moment Absolutely. Type, of, type of deals. I don't think it's too early to say that. You're at midseason at
0: this point. Yeah. Yeah, this is the game for him. And he has to know it. His stretch coming up, he's got to play Oregon and UCLA and yeah, USC and, and Stanford yeah. in five weeks. He's got a lot of opportunities here, but it has to start right now. Yeah, if he wins this one, he's
1: on the list. Establish the culture of winning there for Jared Goff. That's what he, he said wins.
0: before the season. That's what he wanted to do, and he's starting to do it. But this is the week.
1: Otherwise, those Aaron Rodgers comparisons might just start to slide a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's... Uh, I see a lot of Matt Ryan in him. Mm. Same build, kind of plays the same way. Uh, I, I think he's going to be really good as a pro. All right, let's move on to Washington State, Oregon. Uh, 3 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Oregon is favored by 17 points. This is going to be an issue for the Ducks.
1: Oh, yeah. People, the, don't realize, uh, that people don't realize this either. They don't have this game marked on the calendar at all for Oregon, but... That passing attack could be a borderline lethal, uh, depending on if uh, Oregon's pass defense decides to make a tackle or like play or not. Or <laughs> yeah, that a ball maybe or try. Well, last week they just
0: used the slippery grass half the time.
1: Yeah, sometimes all you got to do is just watch them fall on the own, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully there's rain for Oregon's sake this weekend. Uh, I don't think that's in the broad in the forecast, but uh, I'm not sure.
1: It never rains at Austin Stadium. It's,
0: well, that's a lie, but I like it anyways. Um, Washington State has a number seven passing attack. In the country, the Ducks are ranked 115th against the pass. Uh, for Oregon, their number 8 rushing offense, Washington State is 63 against the rush. Uh, it's going to be a shootout, I think. Uh, we don't know who's playing for Oregon yet. A quarterback, it could be one of the three. We honestly, have no idea. My Or if you
1: include Braylon Addison. Yep,
0: yeah, that's true too. Uh, my anticipation is that it'll be Lockie and Allie. Uh, I don't think that Vernon's quite ready yet. But Washington State, man, that passing attack with three or four great wide receivers with Dom Williams, Gabe Marks, and River Craycraft, uh, Oregon's secondary is going to be in for a world a world of hurt in this game.
1: What Oregon needs is uh, like someone like Robinson to come out and make an early pick. Or, uh, or Walker to come and get a huge sack for fumble. Well, or Walker was like that. great
0: last week. He had two, inter- two, uh, two turnovers in the, the first This could be an
1: opportunity uh, for someone like DeForest Buckner to establish his draft stock. He
0: played great against Colorado last um, week.
1: And I think that if Oregon can get you know, some of their playmakers, some of the few playmakers, but some of their playmakers, maybe even Arian Springs can establish himself as one of those young guys who might be a leader next year. Or Ugo Amadi. Right. Um, if we could get that going for, for Oregon, then there's, a, there's definitely a chance that this game could be a blowout as well. but Because uh, there's more there's a lot of talent in Oregon still. It's not like this team didn't go to the national championship last year. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, uh, an air raid attack like this is, is one that should have people a little squeamish.
0: It's definitely going to be a dangerous game for Oregon. They're going to have to tread very lightly. But I agree. If they get the turnovers early, this could be a blowout. Uh, I'm anticipating a close game. Just because I think at this point I don't trust anything that Oregon can do defensively. Uh, I think Oregon's going to win. But I have it 42-35, much similar to the game last year. And they had Mariota last year. Uh, Their defense couldn't stop anyone. I think it was 38-31. Oregon won at the end. They got a little lucky. I I think that's going to happen again this year.
1: People need to stop laughing at the Cougs, maybe. um, Because... The more you laugh, the uh, the harder it is to fall. So hopefully, uh, well,
0: yeah, well, Leach is making it easy to laugh based on his well, he, sleeping he said, with an axe comment. and
1: let, all, let all the fun, fun stuff. I'm talking about the football team, not not the crazy comments the media's been or the has been making to the media or about the media. Or God, Mike Leach, life threats to the media. Leach and, Leach and Rich Rod are unbelievable. Great
0: quotes every week. If you work in the media, it's great. Um, all right, so we have two other Pac-12 games. Colorado at Arizona State Arizona State is favored by 15 There's not a whole lot to talk about Uh, Colorado looked okay I guess for the first half Against Oregon last week It might have just been Oregon looking bad
1: My heart was racing
0: Yeah it definitely got me uh, beaten a little bit Um, Arizona State obviously great win Great bounce back win versus UCLA Uh, I have Arizona State winning 42-21 I think that they continue to get back on track
1: yeah, and I think that um, Todd Graham's got some momentum going over there for Arizona State.
0: He changed out his Britney Spears microphone. He went to a real headset. Yeah, it's I, think, I think
1: that kind of helps him maybe. Uh, maybe he establishes some credibility. <laughs> yeah, on the maybe. Lines. I think that uh, Arizona State really comes out here um, with, a, with a fairly potent offense. Uh, Mike Berkovich, he's got a swagger going on a little bit. Uh, showing that he's one of those Pac-12 quarterbacks that kind of reminds you almost of the Nick Foles and Brock Osweilers of uh, the Pac-12 from a few years ago, where people may not have been talking about them much before the season, but as it as it went on and on and on, people realized that they were you know fairly yeah. real quarterbacks, and I think Mike Berkovich is definitely one of those types. Absolutely a gunslinger. Yeah, and he's putting up yardage. He, Turns out he can run the ball. I didn't know he could do that. It was a like great right run versus UCLA last week. It was, it week. was uh, Arizona State's longest touchdown run of the season. Wow! So uh, that's something to that's nothing to, to scoff over. Um, I think Arizona State uh, comes out with this one. I think they cover they cover a spread. I think Colorado is good, but um, or at least they're an improved Colorado team. Um, but I, I wrote earlier today that Arizona State is not really on upset watch. Um, and uh, moving back a step too, I think that uh, Washington State would also cover the spread in the last oh, game. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, so that's that spread was seventeen. So yeah, I agree with you too there. Uh, last game of the weekend, which actually I guess is the first one on Saturday, Oregon State versus Arizona. Uh, obviously, Scooby's still out, but it looks like
1: that a new Solomon's is going to play. I think he's on the. I think he's uh, listed as he's going to play. Okay,
0: uh, so that's obviously a big deal for Arizona. Yeah, Randall is not a quarterback; he's a runner.
1: And, you know, he's a really fun athlete to watch. Um, he's uh, he's almost like a track star in a way, too. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, look at him go.
0: You know, he he reminds me of, like, that first year that Kaepernick was with the 49ers. And <laughs> yeah. They still had Alex Smith and they just used him on jet sweeps. That'd be cool if Arizona used him like that. But right. you can't
1: start yeah. him. I think Rich Rod could use that kind of an attitude, too. The other thing is I think that Randall would have been a great backup in Oregon if he ever wanted to do that. He <laughs> <laughs> Peter- but- he, he was, was almost an opportunity, um, but I don't think he would have been an LSU star. That's clearly proven after mm-hmm. his uh, shaky play since uh, Solomon's gone down. Solomon and Wilson are two of the biggest, uh, you know, offensive attack combinations in, in the Pac-12. Right We're going
0: about we talked about it earlier. Where uh, you know next year, and maybe at As, the end of this year too. Right.
1: I think they're going to hit a stride where people might realize why wow, the Arizona team is back. I think that. Uh, not this season. They've had some really unfortunate injuries, uh, most notably at this kind of scrambling door of linebacker position that they've got going on right yeah. now. Um, but I think that it's going to be uh, the kind of team with Solomon and Wilson in the next couple of years uh, because they're sophomores now where they're turning heads across the country as two of the you know best one-two punches on offense with a yeah. running on passing game. Absolutely, but I agree with you. I, I think, think yeah, I think that Arizona, this is kind of a season-defining game for them against Oregon State here, because if they lose it, uh, it's just going to be one that they're going to want to flush, and no one's going to want to tune back in ever uh, after. Yeah, they have to win this they game. They literally have to win this game. Uh, they kind of have to win big, but uh, it sort of depends on which Arizona team shows up here. Uh, I think that if Arizona had Scooby Wright and their defensive uh, unit in full health, then I think it would be a bigger... Um, a bigger win, but I think Arizona still comes out with the win.
0: I think they come out with the win too. For the record, there's no line on this game because the Solomon thing, I guess, is still kind of up in the air. Um, I have it 41 26 Arizona. Uh, this is only because I think that Seth Collins he's been playing better and better every week, and with no Scooby, I think he's going to be able to hit the edges. Mm. And he's going he's not a great passer yet, but the kid can run. Mm. I could easily see him, you know, racking up a buck fifty and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, and keeping this one close for a while But Arizona just has
1: too much talent Especially with the quarterback in And the other thing too is I think that uh, People might be sleeping on how bad this Oregon State team is uh, They
0: have a lot of work to do But they're, they're, they've had some nice things going on Their first half versus Stanford was great
1: They are just seem the kind of team who, who feels good in practice and looks good But just can't go out and win a game um, And it's one of those teams where you, you want them to do better than they actually are doing every Every time they're out playing But they just they can't, they can't finish something. I don't know what it is yet. They might just be young. They're just you know? really young, I think, yeah. and
0: first-year head coach they're still trying to figure out things. Yeah. Um, but I think that they're a team to watch next year. I really like Collins. I think he's going to be something. Yeah. Whether he can develop that passing game or not is to be seen, but... Certainly he's going to be able to run the ball and get the ball down the field.
1: I've got Arizona definitely winning this one. And if they don't, then Rich Rod's got some explaining to do.
0: Yeah, well, I like Rich Rod for the Pac-12. So for his sake, I hope that, uh, <laughs> just I hope for that those, Arizona wins.
1: So those media conference for, calls For the quotes, I just think he's
0: interesting when Arizona's good. And I just like when the whole Pac-12 South is strong. The Pac-12 North can say, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to deal with with the Pac-12 North. But Pac-12 South, I like to see it strong. Uh, okay, I guess that does it for this week. We will be back next Thursday with our podcast. Uh, Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you for having me.